On the show today, we're going to explore a question. Does your overthinking lead to inaction? That's called paralysis by analysis, and it can be a prepper's folly. Before a crisis, we should have our action plans figured out. And during a crisis, we must act quickly to make informed decisions. So failure to act is not an option. We'll dig into that when we come back. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 390. We certainly appreciate you being here, and we're here to help you become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way whether it's a natural disaster like a tornado or a hurricane or a lockdown, inflation or food shortage, you need to be prepared, and we'll help you with that. If you'd like the episode notes for this episode, go to practicalprepping.info slash 390. We had a great time this weekend. We really did. We had a great visit over there in the Tuscaloosa area with the Black Warrior Hamfest group. Had a really, really good time, and... Krista won two of the door prizes. Yeah, I never win anything. And this time, my name got called twice. I won a big encyclopedia all about ham radio antennas. And I also won a vintage oscilloscope. I'm not sure what my oscilla is, but I'm looking forward to having it scoped. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my cat just got me. (laughs) Yeah, he, he didn't think much of that either. Okay. Let's talk about paralysis by analysis. That's what we're here to talk about today. And when I first posed this topic for an episode, Krista asked, what does this have to do with prepping? It comes down to focusing on trying to figure out what may happen and putting so much effort into trying to figure out what could happen, what might happen, that we forget or we don't take action on what we already know we need to do. I have known of some folks that have become so overwhelmed or completely stuck in the process of making decisions, and they just excessively overthink, excessively and repeatedly analyze or overplan, and it does result in absolutely no effect. Mm -hmm. We get too focused on gathering the information. There is a program that I will eventually purchase. But I keep researching that program. <laughs> How long have you been researching? A uh, couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Actually, folks, Krista's already told me to buy it, but I just keep researching it and researching it. So I guess I'm paralyzed by analyzing it. Hmm. Okay. You're trying to consider all the possible options of this program? That, or is there something better? And sometimes we struggle to take action or to make a decision. Well, you know, paralysis by analysis is a great little phrase, and I'm going to remember that. But it obviously leads to a lack of progress. It'll make you miss opportunities, and that's going to increase your stress and your anxiety levels. Now, let's talk a little bit about some of the causes of paralysis by analysis. One is a fear of making mistakes. The word failure is so fearful 
in some people's minds because they've either been raised in their culture to absolutely excel in everything they endeavor and that failure is not an option, that they don't know how to fail successfully. And what I mean by that is they're they're so fearful, they just don't attempt. You're correct on that. In my background, at 19 years old, I was a paramedic. And we were literally making life and death decisions. That's big stuff. For a 19-year-old, for anybody, it really (laughs) is. But did we always make the absolute best decision? You hope so. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Mm. But we always made the best decision based on what we know now. Well, in that particular job, you can't stand around and do nothing. Mm -hmm. You have to act. If you... Fear making the mistake, it'll paralyze you. If you fear making mistakes, you'll never learn any lessons by having some of those failures Mm -hmm. in your past to learn from. You know, they say experience is the best teacher. And I think that's because some people have re-termed the word failure as lessons. I either succeeded or I learned a lesson. Mm -hmm. Okay, call it what you want to, but not making a decision because you fear of it being a mistake. That in itself is a mistake, and that in itself is a failure. Exactly, and we can get there by overthinking or even excessive planning. Mm -hmm. We can spend all of our time in planning, but another cause is lack of confidence in decision-making abilities. Well, you know, of course, this comes down to individuals again. Some people have been throttled by the mistakes that they've made, and others have seemed to sail right on through. And we can't know everyone's particular situation, but we do know that, you know, some people have really, really had a hard and rough time pulling back out of a failure. And what they do, they get very gun shy about it. They're like, I I tried making a decision back then, and I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to let somebody else make the heavy, hard decisions during a crisis because I tried it and failed, and I'm never doing it again. Mm -hmm. And that's a wrong attitude to have. Oh, yeah. You have to get back up. Mm -hmm. Krista and I have both been in business. We, We were both in business separately for many, many years. And we made a lot of business mistakes. Sure enough did. You, and some of them very expensive <laughs> business mistakes. Oh, you know it. But you get up, you go on, you don't be afraid of making the next decision, and you just hope you don't make the same mistake twice. Well, Thomas Edison is one of the best examples mm-hmm. of how to fail successfully. If he hadn't kept on with the thousands of times that he was trying to create that light bulb, we never would have had him create that light bulb. So he did not let failure stop him. So he kind of stands as a shining example of, look, I failed thousands of times and sometimes in a row. Well, he said he didn't fail. He learned 10,000 ways it would not work. (laughs) Well, and thank goodness for that attitude. And he got down to the one that would. And so for us as preppers and those that are into preparedness. So you tried something and it didn't work out. What did you learn? Try something different the next time. It's really okay. There's a little bit of overlap here with the effects and with what it can lead to. But you mentioned missed opportunities a while ago. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we may have a business opportunity, just to use that example. But if we continue trying to analyze it and we try to plan out every aspect of it, the window might close on that business opportunity. That's true. You know, they say opportunity might knock 
only once, maybe twice. But when you're trying to develop a lifestyle of preparedness, you've got to be able to have your mind open to like learning a skill. Mm-hmm. In today's society, especially with the younger generations, they're watching YouTube and they're watching Instagram and TikTok and they're watching all of these well-crafted people that know how to do a lot of cool things. They don't see the years of practice. They don't see the the level of sacrifice that it takes to become good at anything that you're admiring. Mm-hmm. And we may have given them a false, given kids today a false sense of what you can succeed at in the terms of skills because you're watching somebody that makes it look effortless. But what they're not telling you is the ten years it took them to get to that level. And so, what we also need to understand is we have to dedicate ourselves to the decisions we've made, and also realize that it's not going to be a miraculous success tomorrow. I did not learn how to start a fire using tinder and lint, you know, the first time. I had to try it and try it and try it and keep on. And so, that's just a small example of understanding that you can lower your stress and anxiety by allowing yourself to fail at something. If you just keep trying, you're not really failing. Yeah. And it delays the whole process. Well, yeah. And here's one of the bad parts about that. I didn't mean to run up on you there, but here's one of the bad parts too about that is if you're in the middle of an emergency, you're in the middle of a a crisis for which we preparedness people, you know, look to be able to handle and you're the one that needs to make the decision. This is not the time now to start getting self doubt and, and shying away from making a tough call. Mm-hmm. It may fall to you, you know, to make a very important decision. You've worked disaster relief. Decisions are made, you know, a hundred decisions an hour are made all day long. I mean, you can definitely attest to that. Yeah, in the position that I was in, I did have a lot of decisions to make there. Now, there are some signs and some patterns that we can see in this and some key indicators that we can look for. And we're going to talk about that, but we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. And we'll be right back. You have your threat assessment and plan in place. Check. You have food stocked up. Check. You have your get-home bag. Check. You have your fire and first aid supplies. Check. You have a generator and auxiliary heat source. Check. You have everything you need to keep your family safe, happy, and fed for a month. Except water. A family of four would need a minimum of 120 gallons just for a month. That's a lot of water. It's heavy, and it takes up a lot of space. For less than the cost of water containers to store that 120 gallons, you can have a family-sized Pro One gravity water filter. Then, As long as you can source water from a creek, a stream, river, lake, pond, even a mud hole, you can have crystal clear, clean drinking water. We have the big plus. Not only is it the backbone of our emergency water plan, we use it every day. It makes the water taste better. It is so simple to operate. Just put unfiltered water into the top portion and clean, safe water comes out into the bottom portion. The Pro One Gravity Water Filter takes out over 200 contaminants, including viruses, bacteria, parasites, heavy metals, herbicides, and pesticides, microplastics, acids, pharmaceuticals, and more. There's a Pro One Gravity Water Filter for you. Go to our website, www.practicalprepping.info. Click on that link and check it out. 
We've experienced food shortages in the grocery stores from supply chain issues. Now we're hearing from farmers how food harvests are decreasing and will likely get smaller. We could find ourselves staring at empty pantry shelves or standing in food lines. Yes, it could happen in America. That's why survival food is more important than ever. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriot Survival Food Kits. It's not ordinary food. We're talking good for 25 years, super survival food. This is that next tier level of food storage we've talked about on the podcast. These kits are compact, sturdy, water resistant, and stack easily. They have delicious breakfast, lunches, dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add water, simmer, and serve. Right now, you can go to fourpatriots.com and use the code PREPPER to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store. They're called Four Patriots because a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support our veterans and their families. Just go to fourpatriots.com and use the code PREPPER to get 10% off. That's fourpatriots.com. Use the code PREPPER. Start building your stockpile today. Okay, thanks for coming back. We're going to be talking about recognizing the signs and patterns that are crucial in overcoming paralysis by analysis. So we're going to talk about some of the key indicators to look out for, and I'm really going to be looking at myself as we go through this as well. I want to see what will apply to me and ways that I would be able to improve. And one of the very first things we've talked about already is overthinking the excessive analysis of every minute detail an example of that would be like he was like Mark was saying, mulling over in your mind the absolute worst case scenario, like the F five tornado or the Cat five hurricane, or a two year lockdown or a six month power out. I mean, the absolute worst case scenario just plagues your mind, and you're completely ignoring the actual things that very well could happen. And it goes beyond that. I mean, it goes into daily life and very, very simple things. And to use this example, we were going to the ham fest and uh, we started doing remote interviews at ham fest. And early on, before we went to the first one, I was really trying to think through how are we going to do those remote on location interviews? And I was overthinking it. What it finally came down to was take a recorder, a microphone, and a cord. And it became that simple. It really did. And it was a 25-foot cord, so Krista could go around in front of the table and she could interview with that. Right. And so it, it became very simple, but overthinking those and trying to analyze every detail, that is one of the key indicators to look for. Another is indecisiveness, even for relatively simple matters. I think a good illustration of that is squirrels out on the roadway that couldn't make a decision, and Mm -hmm. we know what can happen to them. You know, another example is like, in the middle of a crisis, you know, here's someone who's just experienced a horrible disaster, and their mind, they're thinking, I always meant to start or continue my prepping, but I didn't prioritize it. And now I'm in real trouble. 
And so their indecisiveness landed them in a situation where they're in need and very, very vulnerable rather than being able to rely on their resources and not panic and carry on life as best they possibly can. How about second guessing? You know, I'll tell you something else. Second guessing, a lot of times that comes in, too, when you're actually asking too many people for their opinions on things. And all of a sudden you've got 38 different opinions. That's not really helpful in, 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 when you need to make a decision. Or you make a decision and then you read something in a Facebook group that says they would have done such and such. And now you're second guessing yourself. Did you make the right decision? The decision they may make may be the right one for them and their circumstances, but your circumstances may be totally different. Well, don't you think that takes a level of self-confidence that you have to have confidence in yourself and in the decisions you've made based on the information that you have and kind of be able to stand on it Mm -hmm. and really have the courage of your convictions, you know, to make a stand on uh, maybe you're making a large prepper type purchase. Maybe you're purchasing a bug out location or a large household generator, something that takes a lot of time and money. Is this kind of kin to buyer's remorse? We're second guessing our purchases. I really shouldn't have purchased that. Well, maybe we really did need to. Well, you know, everyone's going to have to ask that Mm -hmm. question for themselves and answer it for themselves. Now, here's one that a lot of people do, and that's striving for perfection. Well, these are the folks that have an unrealistic viewpoint of what perfection is and how it can be achieved, or should it even be sought. Perfection in in the prepper world, what what does that even mean? It's not going to happen. No, I mean, when you're talking about gear and resources and skills— you know, mankind, I think, is a big conglomeration of mistakes learned. You know, <laughs> what really did we is. learn from mistakes? And we're all living here today because our forefathers, thank God, learned from their mistakes. And so they were not striving for perfection. They already knew what is perfection. I think it's a little bit more subjective than people realize. How about that feeling to need to have all the information or all of the options before you make that decision? I think that you probably want to have as much information as will help you. And we live in an age where information is plentiful. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is know how to find it. So you can pretty much get as much information on things as you want. Exactly. Now, procrastination. Uh, why do today what you can put off till tomorrow? <laughs> Perfect example. Yep. But people will procrastinate sometimes for fear of making the wrong choice. Well, I think sometimes people get just overwhelmed into inaction. I've actually experienced that myself when I've faced with the task of like remodeling a house or cleaning up clutter or trying to disseminate all of the things we've inherited from our parents and whatnot. I'm so overwhelmed by it. I don't even know where to start. Yeah, and and sometimes when it becomes that overwhelming, we need to take a break. We need to walk away for a little bit. I know I do Mm -hmm. when I'm working at the desk and I can get frustrated or overwhelmed with something. I just take a little break, go walk for a few minutes, come back, and things seem a little bit clearer. And that leads us into some of the things that we can do. Well, So I was thinking that if we've all experienced some paralysis by analysis, what we can do is set some clear goals 
and clear priorities. My dad used to say, and he told me this when I went into business the first time, he said, make a plan and work your plan. Yeah. And I found a lot of the value in that. If I will sit down and think out a lot of things and put that on paper and formulate a plan, then when I get somewhat overwhelmed, I just look at the list and see the next thing I need to work on. Anyone's mind can wander. So being able to get it written down or typed into your tablet or whatever device or way that you use to work that plan and make that plan, I think that does harness your distractions and it does keep you focused. My mind tends to wander. I think you can tell by the way I ramble that sometimes that's possible. But yes, you know, sticking to those big points does really help kind of make a, a a clear path for you. And we need to embrace imperfection and learn from our mistakes. We've talked about that already, but now I think about the space program, which Krista's dad was in the space program. He worked for NASA and he was an engineer. And one of the things that the engineers did is they had a point where they would freeze the design, whether it was the spacecrafts or whatever, They would freeze the design, and they would get the building started. Now, they would have to tweak things as they went, Mm -hmm. but you could not go back and make major design changes because that led to tremendous delays and such. But they learned from those imperfections, and the next spacecraft that they built, they made that adjustment, and they made it better. And we can do that. Uh, every time we have a somewhat, you know, two or three day power outage, we can learn from that and say, now, what did we need to do that we didn't do? What did we need to have that we didn't have? We were coming back from the ham fest and talking about the things that we can do better. And so we're tweaking the things as we go. Another thing you can do is to be a little bit better at your own time management, where you can set a goal and perhaps put some sort of a deadline on that goal to give your mind a target that it can shoot for. You know, they say you can't hit a target unless you can see Mm -hmm. it and you can mentally prepare a timeline for some of your goals. And that helps to kind of get you off of the paralysis by analysis chair and up and running into the, I'm getting this done type of capability. I put a completion date on my goals. Now I don't always hit it, but that gives me something, like you said, I've got to work within that time frame. Now, there are some tasks that I don't put time limitations on. I don't set a specific time. I just put that on my list that I need to do that. And then when it's convenient, either when I'm in that, I'm thinking outside stuff. There's some things I want to do outside that I wouldn't be able to do right at the moment. It's raining out there. So, (laughs) you know, those are not something that have to fit within a specific time, but I may set a day that it has to be done by. I may set a day that it has to be done on because it may be specific to that day, but I may have to adjust along the way. Well, that's okay. It's okay. These are your goals. You can adjust as needed. But I think the most important point there is to get started, to get into action, start taking the risk of making decisions and standing on your decisions and take the risk of possible 
not being successful at some of the things you've decided. That is also part of the learning process. That's what we all have to learn from. Yeah, and overcoming paralysis by analysis, it involves recognizing the signs, setting some clear goals, embracing the imperfection because we'll never be perfect, and utilizing strategies to make decisions more effectively. We really hope we've given you a little bit to think about today. Maybe you're one that does get paralyzed by analysis, and maybe this will help you a little bit along the way. If you would like the episode notes, go to practicalprepping.info slash 390. And if you have gotten some value from this podcast, would you be willing to give back a little bit by buying us a cup of coffee? You can do that by going to practicalprepping.info and clicking on that link. And remember, stuff happens. Please stay prepared. And we'll see you next time.